Hey, this is Dr. Bruce Becker from Pema Grace. I'm here once again with uh, Pastor Mike Novotny, our lead speaker, uh, for another Behind the Series podcast. <laughs> Coming up in January, we've got a four-part series called How to Deal. Now, Pastor Mike, before I knew what any of the content of these messages was all about, the first thing that came to my mind about what you were going to talk about was how to deal cards like blackjack and Texas Hold'em. But I, I, I knew that wasn't right. And then I thought, well, maybe he's going to talk about how to speak to and deal with people like car salesmen, like if you're wanting to buy a car. And now nah, that wasn't it either. So my last thought was how to deal with people in my life that caused me discomfort and pain and people that don't like me, but it's not about any of these, is it? Yeah. More the last one than any of the others. I've always well, been, at least I got a little close. Huh? <laughs> so could you share with our listeners about what, how to deal is all about? Yeah. You know, essentially no matter what year it is, we all have to deal with certain things every single year. So the premise was, you know, you're going to have to learn how to deal with yourself in the year to come. Certainly, unless you're like Tom Hanks on Castaway, somehow <laughs> alive on an island with a volleyball, there's going to be people in your life, coworkers, neighbors, family members. How do you deal with them? Um, you're certainly not going to go 365 days without temptation or without apathy or without losing someone you know or love. So how to deal was kind of like, let's open the Bible and figure out in a fresh way, how are we going to deal with ourselves, with other people? with anxiety, with apathy, with shame, with temptation, with even death, so that God can fill up our hearts and prepare us for the year to come. Uh, just uh, help me understand a little more about what are the aspects of dealing with myself or yourself? Yeah. You know, we sometimes think about that, you know, there's that one guy at work. You're not that guy at work for me, Bruce, just so you don't read oh. between these lines. <laughs> you know, that one guy that you work with, who's like six, five, and he's <laughs> wouldn't that be funny if it got really specific and you were listening, thinking, Hey, is he talking about me? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you might have that coworker that kind of gets on your nerves, but when you think about how much time you spend with yourself compared to anyone else. You know, compared to any neighbor, even compared to a significant other or a child or a best friend, like you and I will spend the entire year with ourselves. And most of us are old enough to realize like we're a bit much. We get afraid quickly. We doubt quickly. We have strengths. We have weaknesses. We, we kind of get you know too angry about these kind of things and we get too apathetic about those kind of things. So the start of the series, how to deal with yourself is really you know, that old wisdom of it is so important to know thyself. What are you like? Like what, what stuff gets to you? What, what events and circumstances make you forget about God and his bigness and his promises and his forgiveness? So I wanted to start the series on that note, because more than anything else, you're going to spend the entire year with yourself. So how do you deal with you? Well, I never thought about that concept very deeply that, you know, of all the people in the world, I have to spend all the time with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to you wanna like the version of yourself that you're spending all this time with. Yeah, that could be a little discouraging, you know? <laughs> anyway. In indeed. 
In the second message, you talk about how to deal with other people. Uh, can you elaborate on on how Christians do that, and and maybe even more so, how we shouldn't do it, or yeah, not to. Yeah, th- this message is. I think it's going to be surprising and and fresh for a lot of people. You know, as Christians, there's kind of that big commandment that Jesus gave to love your neighbor. There's even a a pretty popular Christian song about keeping it. I think Danny Gokey sings it, keeping it simple, you know, just love God and love people. There you go. And that is, I mean, that comes from Jesus. So amen to Danny Gokey's (laughs) simple summary, but the Bible is a little bit more nuanced about how to deal with different people because people are different. Um, Are you going to ask this person to babysit your kids or not? Are you going to let this person into your inner circle and confess to them your darkest secrets or not? Right? Those kind of questions make us realize like, oh, you know, no, no, no. You treat different people in different ways. And I kind of did a study of the book of Proverbs to see that that's exactly what God says when he's teaching us how to deal with people. Uh, I sometimes call them green light people, red light people, and yellow light people. You know, green light people, they love God. They're seeking him. The Bible says things like, you know, he who walks with the wise grows wise. So how do you deal with those amazing Christian examples in your life? Like you get as close to them as possible. You invite them out to coffee. You join a Bible study with them. You do life with them to soak up God's wisdom and love. Then the book of Proverbs talks about red light people, like wicked people, complacent people, foolish people. Uh, One of the Proverbs says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm, right? So Jesus didn't invite the high priest Caiaphas, who hated him, into his inner circle. Jesus sometimes kept his distance from dangerous people, and he was love in human flesh. And so sometimes Christians can be naive, like, oh, I'm just supposed to love everyone and accept everyone. And the Bible would actually say no. Like if a person is not good for you and your soul, if they're abusive or manipulative or take advantage of you or are foolish, like don't get in the backseat of someone who's driving drunk. Get away. Red light people. Then the last category was yellow light people, where there's a whole bunch of people who are in the middle, right? We don't know if they're wicked fools. We don't know if they're amazing, mature Christian examples. And so you know, all around us might be some incredible people to spend time with. So keep your ears and your eyes open, ask some interesting questions, see what kind of impression you get from someone at church or at work. And God will kind of guide you to know, is this a person to get close to, or is this a person to stay away from? So I try to peel back some of the layers of nuance on how to deal differently with the very different people in our lives. That is really interesting and a, and a good way to think about uh, people in different uh, different categories. Well, when we get to the third message, it's one that I think is so relevant for life today. Mm. In it, you talk about how to deal with anxiety. So give us a bit of insight into this message. Yeah. Oh, man, this one means a lot to me. Um, So I've spoken to some of our friends uh, listening before that anxiety kind of entered my family story with one of my kids. And after she heard this sermon has four points to it. Uh, there was a, st- I didn't tell her to do this. There was a sticky note next to her bed a couple days later that just said one, two, three, four. And the words that we had put into that sermon. So 
you know, seeing someone up close who's living with anxiety, it, it was just, yes, like this is a good message from God that so many people need to hear. Um, if you've never dealt with like chronic anxiety or your heart doesn't tend towards worry, it probably seems simple. Just trust God. God's got it. <laughs> He's got a plan. He's sovereign. Don't stop worrying about it. You know, it just years and years ago, there was, was that Bob Newhart? There's an old show where he's like a counselor, but he's a very bad counselor. Have you seen this? And mm-hmm. the couple comes in with this really complex problem and he pauses and then says, stop it. <laughs> All right. This really soon. Yeah. Just, I don't do This wouldn't be hard for me. So just do the right thing. I've kind of realized from reading a lot on the topic of anxiety and seeing it up close. Like it's not just, Oh yes, stop it. Push the button click off the switch. And so this is a, uh, you know, what does the Bible have to say about God's love, his promises, his presence? How did he make us? One of the insightful things for me was just oh, learning to take a deep breath to calm down the frantic mind, like how God actually physically made our bodies that can help us carry out the spiritual commands of trusting in him. So and this was a message, honestly, I'm not just saying this to get people to listen to it or watch it, but I think of it all the time, you know? I'm thinking about breathing, seeking God, doing life in a group, um, looking to his promises, trusting in the, the kingdom and the righteousness that Jesus has given to us. So I really hope people can enjoy this message as much as I did. Let's move on to the fourth and final message. You uh, speak about how to deal with something that lives in the life of every human heart. It's all about dealing with shame. Can you maybe expound a little bit on why shame is so destructive and debilitating, even for yeah. Christians? Yeah. I was recently reading a Christian book, and uh, the, the author of that book said at her church, they often talk about the last 2%. And what that means in their church culture is, even as Christians, as church-going people, you know, yeah, let's let's bear each other's burdens. Let's let's be real with each other. Let's do life together so we can pray for each other. And she said, unless like unless someone pushed them, they would tell about ninety-eight percent of the story. But that last two percent was so shameful, or it was so embarrassing, or it was so dark, or it was so sinful that people won't say it. They'll, they'll keep it a secret. And when I read that, I thought, you know, that that's really what shame is, is if I told the last 2%, these people would not accept me. If I told 100% of my spiritual story, I would not belong here. They judge me, they'd condemn me, God wouldn't want anything to do with me. And so this message really is, a, you know, I don't think I had the, the lingo at the time when I preached it, but after, I wish I could go back and put that that little idea in there. There's that last two, there's something all of us are keeping a secret, but Jesus came and he died for all of it. All right. He, he said on the cross, it's finished. He didn't say I, I got 98% covered. <laughs> no, like all of it, the, the darkest stuff, the most shameful stuff, the embarrassing stuff, the, the sexual stuff, the abortion from the past, the racist thoughts that linger in the back of some people's hearts. Like we, we can come to Jesus with all of it. And the Bible says the one who trusts in him will not be put to shame. So this is about digging to the bottom, getting to those dark secrets, bringing them up to the light, 
and letting Jesus deal with them. That's how you deal with shame. It's going to be a great uh, uh, message series. Uh, hope, hopefully, uh, many, many people can uh, watch it or listen to it. So thanks, Pastor Mike. Um, uh, people can uh, read the transcripts or watch the entire series by going to our website at timeofgrace.org. Now, in the month of January, we're offering a print version of these four messages, and the book is called, guess what? How to Deal. <laughs> but in the book, we are including some bonus content. Tell us about where this bonus content came from. Yeah. So at our church here in Appleton, Wisconsin, the core, uh, this was not a four-part sermon series that we just talked through. This was a seven-part sermon series where I got four-seventh of it. Four-sevenths? What's that? You're, you're four, good at math. Four what is, four four seven. Seven. You're doing yeah. some podcasts on numbers. You can tell me what percentage <laughs> <laughs> that is. So I, I did four of the sermons, but some of my pastoral co-workers at our church covered the last three and they're on really, really big, important topics, temptation, apathy, and death. So um, here at our church, we have two campuses. There's five total pastors. I do a lot of the preaching at our campus downtown, but I don't do all the preaching. So this is actually a really cool time for some new voices. Um, certainly, I have some gifts and strengths that I bring when I write, but the guys that I work with uh, are amazing in different ways. So I'm really excited to include their content in this book called How to Deal. So Pastor Bill that I work with covered how to deal with temptation, Pastor Tim, our lead pastor, how to deal with apathy, and Pastor Michael, who I work the closest with, how to deal with death. And, you know, I thought that actually when I saw the topics, part of my brain said, oh, I'm happy I have some time off to, to write and to work, but I, I really wish I could talk about that because temptation, um, man, we all deal with that, not just every year, but every day. And so Pastor Bill is kind of diving into, you're probably not tempted by all the things in the same way, but I bet there's a couple of things. Um, you know, you think of the walls of a city. There might be some walls that are really strong and tough to like bust through if you're an enemy invader, but maybe there's one wall that's not very well guarded. Maybe some of the bricks are crumbling there. So this kind of connects with the first message in the series of, do you know yourself? Like an alcoholic or someone who struggles with addiction has to be very careful with temptation. You know, going out with the bachelor party, going out with the girls to grab a glass of wine, walking into a bar, like you, you really have to be humble enough to know what temptation in the moment really gets you. Um, if lust is a struggle for you, like it might be a great show. Game of Thrones might be amazing. But I've heard some things about it that if you struggle with sexual temptation, that's not going to be the right show for you. Um, gossip or fear might be your deal. So, hey, be super careful if you have social media and you're tempted to worry and to be afraid and to panic as you're scrolling through this news every single day. So this is a really huge chapter that Bill is talking about. Like, hey, you, you got to know, you got to know where you're tempted and you got to stay as far from temptation as you can. Flee from it. Stay far, far from that edge so that God can keep you safe and sound. Um, real quickly, Pastor Tim's with apathy, I think is just as vital. We sometimes think of, you know, deadly or dangerous sins like stealing, cheating, worshiping false gods. But when, you know, when's the last time your pastor at church talked about apathy? Meh. 
whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's poor people in our city. Like, <laughs> they don't got anything to eat. Oh, okay. I'm going to go look for a new car. There are billions of people who've never heard the gospel. There are people who live next to you that have never heard the gospel. Well, the evangelism committee at church will probably cover that, right? Like, yeah, when you put your finger on it, like, oh, man. Like, I, I got to deal with that every single day. Just God is putting a good work in front of me, and I kind of shrug my shoulders, look at my phone, and check the weather again. So, man, that I thought that was just a, a fresh message that I haven't touched on in a long time in my preaching. So I'm glad that we're going to cover that in the book. And then finally, uh, Pastor Michaels, how do you deal with death? Um, yesterday morning, actually, a member of our church walked in, like, very serious. Uh, he said his brother was at work. He was stopped at a a railroad crossing, waiting for the train to finish, a dump truck came from behind him, rear-ended him, pushed him into the train, and he died. Oh. Yeah, like just like that. So, you know, how do you deal with that? Um, How do you process all the things you did or didn't say? If if it's your death or their death, if it's cancer, and like the doctors are saying, you don't don't got a long time, how are you going to approach that as a person of faith? So I'm excited about the four chapters that I got to write in this book, but these last three, apathy, temptation, and death, I think are huge things. And I, I just want to fill up our readers and listeners with as much Bible, as much truth as we can, so they are fully prepared to deal with the year to come. Well, be sure to thank Pastor Bill, Pastor Tim, and Pastor Michael uh, for being willing to contribute uh, to uh, the book uh, that we're offering in January called How to Deal. Well, you're at the core, but the overarching ministry is called 922 Ministries, right? Mm-hmm. Where does that 922 come from? Yeah, you know, that's kind of confusing. <laughs> I imagine if some people don't live in the midst of this, like, wait, is this the core? Is this time of grace? And what's a what's a 922? And what <laughs> someone actually asked me yesterday, like, who's coming to our church? Like, what does 922 even mean? So hopefully I can explain this well. Um, so the core is a church in downtown Appleton, Wisconsin, but we're actually a multi-site church. The other site is on the North side of Appleton, Wisconsin, and it's called St. Peter Lutheran church. So even though we have different names, we consider ourselves one church on two campuses. So we share a budget, we share staff members. Uh, my wife teaches in the Christian school at the other campus. So St. Peter and the core, two different campuses of one church. And the big umbrella that we use to summarize all of that is 922 Ministries. So the core, St. Peter, St. Peter's School, we call that 922, which begs the question, well, what's a 922? Is that actually when I got the the call to be the pastor here, I thought that was the area code of Appleton. (laughs) Oh, like, yeah, ministries and the 922 area code, (laughs) almost. That's 920. But now that's even more confusing. Yeah, so 922 comes from a Bible passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. And that's a beautiful verse where the Apostle Paul uh, was basically saying he, he didn't come in with like his style and his way, but instead he would change his style and his approach to reach as many people as he could. So I think the actual verse is, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. So that's kind of the DNA of our ministry. It's not about what we like. It's not about what we prefer. It's about saving some people with the good news of Jesus. So whatever we have to change stylistically with our approach, we're not going to change the word of God, but just like the apostle Paul, we'll change the way that we bring the word of God 
so that people can be saved in Jesus' name. So hopefully that helps clear up a little bit of what 922 Ministries is, the core in St. Peter. <laughs> then the last cook to bring into this beautiful ministry kitchen is Time of Grace. So a couple of years ago at Time of Grace, um, some of you know Pastor Mark Jeske was the original lead speaker. Um, his time with Time of Grace was ending. They were looking for the second lead speaker, and they reached out to, to me and to us. And so since that time, we've had this great partnership. So Time of Grace and 922 have uh, different staff members. Uh, we are in different locations. We have a different budget. But we really partner together to do a lot of different kinds of ministries. So, for example, uh, Time of Grace comes to the core to film the message that you'll see on YouTube or on Facebook or on television. Time of Grace, when they come to the core, they bring a bunch of Time of Grace books, and people who are at our campuses can pick one up and learn more about Jesus through the, the TOG resources. Uh, a 922 member leads the Time of Grace prayer team. Um, a 922 member serves on the Time of Grace board. Time of Grace's social media people and producers and editors help 922. So I won't tell you all the connections, but it's um, someone once said, you know, originally we met and then we dated and then we got engaged. And now Time of Grace and 922 are married. And Bruce, we're just going to be together until we die, I guess. <laughs> it looks that way. <laughs> Thanks for that explanation. Uh, that, that was helpful. Now, back to the book. Uh, the bonus content is three uh, more chapters added to your four chapters. So there's seven chapters, uh, seven messages in this book. Mm -hmm. And at the end of each of the chapters, there is a points to ponder uh, section to help guide the readers. Our listeners can get the book, How to Deal, by going to our website at timeofgrace.org. Again, before we wrap up today, I'd like to hear if you have any stories of people who've been blessed by God through the ministry of Time of Grace in this in this past month. Yeah. Oh, I have a super good story today. This one is so insane. Sometimes do you ever just like look up to the sky and shake your head and say, God, you're pretty good at what you do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're recording this right now in... Uh, in later December. So yesterday when I was at work, I was sending like dozens and dozens of texts and emails to people, inviting them to Christmas Eve to worship and hear about the birth of Jesus. And uh, there's this one guy I've known for a couple of years. I probably haven't seen him in nine to 12 months. I know he struggled with some pretty serious addiction, incarceration. So actually, I was going to send him a Christmas invite and I looked at my phone and let me call him Mark for the sake of this story. You know, 12 months ago, I said, hey, Mark, it's Pastor Mike. How are you? No response. Nine months ago, hey, uh, Mark, how's it going? I haven't heard from you in a long time. No response. Like three to six months ago, same message. Like, hey, you still out there? It's It's been too long since we talked. No reply. So I'm looking at my phone thinking, should I send him a, I think he's like, I think he's off the grid. But I thought, you know, what does it hurt? I got my phone out. So I said, hey, Mark, like, how's it going? Pastor Mike here. 15 minutes later, I go, I get up my apple and my peanut butter, my granola, my classic uh, church lunch. I'm eating and my phone lights up and Mark is calling me. I thought, oh, how awesome is that? So I pick it up like, hey, Mark, how's it going, man? And this voice that speaks to me is not the voice of my friend, Mark. Um, the guy says, hey, uh, are you the pastor? I said, uh, yeah. He's like, yeah. So I just got this uh, phone number not that long ago and you keep texting me. 
<laughs> so I'm like, oh man, <laughs> like, hey, sorry about that, man. That was, that was my buddy's phone. Like, uh, I won't bother you again. I was about to hang up, and he says, "Whoa, wait, you're a pastor?" You said, "Like, yeah." Like, well, where's your church? Uh, Appleton, Wisconsin. Oh, I, I just moved to Appleton. I got this phone. Well, wh- where exactly in Appleton? I tell him. He's like, I, I live like five minutes from that. He says, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. Like, I struggle, um, I struggle with addiction too, me and my brother. And I'm engaged and I got a baby who's about to come. And it's just been a hard road for me. And like, I, I know some about Jesus, but the enemy's, he's stealing and he's killing and he's destroying. And last night I was like so tempted to relapse. And I'm texting my brother and I was praying, 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 God, help me, help me, help me. And then I pick up my phone today and this random pastor keeps texting me. <laughs> this is a great story <laughs> isn't this so he he's not going to be in town for christmas eve he's traveling to see family but i said let's get together for coffee like i'd, lo- I'd love to meet you i'd love to encourage you so i prayed with him on the phone we're going to get together and the conversation ended with like is it okay if i bring my brother and my fiance oh pastor i have so many friends who like need to get connected to jesus like can i bring them too and i said yes thank you verizon wireless for giving that phone number <laughs> and thank you all powerful, all knowing God who made sure the random Verizon employee <laughs> would give that number to that guy. Cause man, God just connecting the dots and connecting uh, great people to Jesus. That is amazing. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Hey, we're on the verge of uh, 2022. Oof. What do you pray for more than anything else, as we look, as we step into a, a, a new, a new year. Yeah. Um, I immediately know the answer to that question. Uh, so I have a 13 and a 12 year old, two daughters. Bruce, have you ever heard the rumor about pastor's daughters? Uh, yes. Yeah. They get into trouble sometimes. <laughs> so I'm very tempted to pray for them. <laughs> A lot of stuff going on at church and with time of grace. So I'm tempted to, to start with that. Um, my parents are in their 70s now. I just had a conversation with someone whose mother is going through dementia. It's really hard. So I'm tempted to pray, you know, God have mercy. Um, there, there's so many things that just feel like worthy of the first place in my prayer life. But I know, I know above all of that is the prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed when he was in jail, when he wrote his letter to the Ephesians. After this glorious introduction, you can look this up in Ephesians 1. I think it starts in verse 18 or so, 15 or 18. And the Apostle Paul says, I, I've been praying for you that God would send his spirit to open the eyes of your heart so that you can know God better. And th- that prayer, God, give me your spirit to open my eyes so that I can see you that I can know you, that I can be satisfied in you. Like I, I can parent these girls if I know that you are God. And I can, I can love difficult people if I know that you are God. And I can resist temptation if I remember that you are so much better than what sin can offer me. And I can, like, I can deal with death if I know that my Savior Jesus rose from the grave. And I, ca- I can't be apathetic if I know that Jesus came into the world with zeal, to save a sinner like me. And, and I don't have to be worried and anxious. If I know you, you're controlling phone numbers. Oh my goodness. You're naming the stars. So, you know, that above all the things is my number one prayer. 
I'm, I'm going to pray it till the day I die. God, I just want to know you. Open the, open the eyes of my heart, of their hearts, of the people who are listening, so that whatever happens in the year to come, they can deal with it because they know exactly who you are. Thanks for that insight into what you would pray for as you were as you were starting to talk about it. I'm going, oh, you're going to be praying for other people, you know, in your church, congregation, family, the hundreds of thousands that connect with us through time of grace. But you you took a little swerve there and you started with yourself. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that is we have to we have to pray that prayer, each one of us. Uh, first and foremost for ourselves, that God would uh, do that for us. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, why don't you wrap it up for us today? I'd love to. Hey, Bruce, last month we talked, some people have talked to me about this, of Christmas movies. Were you able to watch Die Hard and Elf and the Grinch, as I was hoping? I was going to ask you the same question, <laughs> but I... I... I hesitate because I didn't want to bring this back up again. I was going to ask you, did you watch some of those classic ones? <laughs> I didn't, uh, but I thought of you. I was actually at the movie theater yesterday and, you know, the pre-movie little quiz stuff that they put on the screen. They had like all the classic Christmas movies. I thought Bruce Becker told me to watch all of those and I didn't do any of it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bruce. Is this going to be our last podcast together? Have I lost your trust and companionship? No, not a, not at all. Not at all. Now, I haven't watched any Christmas movies yet this year, uh, but uh, come, you know, next week, that's when I'll, I'll start to watch them because they're going to be on all the time. You know, so just <laughs> turn on so the true. TV and you got a lot of choices to pick from. So I love it. Well, hey, uh, thanks everyone out there for listening. Uh, Bruce and I love talking over these sermon series and these resources that we hope are a blessing to you and your faith. Um, as always, um, we are so grateful for your feedback, for any questions that you have for us, for any ideas that you might have for podcasts. And uh, that simple step uh, would be a great Christmas gift or a New Year's gift, actually, for us. So if you want to like, uh, share this podcast, maybe just pick one person you know, um, share this message with them, because we would love to bring more and more people closer to Jesus. So blessings to you on the brand new year. Have an amazing day, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>